Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we take all of your questions. And this time of year, we know there are a million of them about draft, draft. and free agency and all these things. And I love it. Uh, yeah, a bunch of people are excited. And I, somebody said, man, impatiently waiting on next season again. That is how yeah. we all feel. We are all already ready for it to be here. Um, so as you guys get a chance to go in and submit your questions in the comment section, I figured uh, we'd go and start with some Hall of Fame stuff and, and what the progress is on that because we've had some some former Buccaneers be in the running uh, this year and a few not as much as we would like, but we can talk about John Lynch at least for now. <laughs> yeah, what a weekend it might be for John Lynch. Huh? Yeah, can you it's imagine? Incredible. He could be obviously win the Super Bowl and, and get in the Hall of Fame in the same weekend, but he also, if he does get in, he'll be just the second guy who won, a, if he did, wins the Super Bowl, he'll be just the second guy to win the Super Bowl as both a player and a general manager after John Elway. It's incredible. And then to potentially make it into the Hall of Fame. I know, okay, so in that room, they always have the selection committee meeting the Saturday before the Super Bowl. So it, it happens in the same spot, right? And so John's going to be there, which is cool. So that group all gets in a room, and they just – it's like when they choose a pope. They go into that room, and they don't come out until it's done, right, until they've chosen their five. And uh, and and you have a guy there's, – there's representatives from every city, and so you have somebody, a, a man or woman reporter, who – basically states the case for each person that's up each of the 15 right. candidates and our guy is ira kaufman and i know what ira's going to say uh, one of his main points is going to be listen you people here aren't debating whether or not john lynch is a hall of famer you've had him as a finalist for seven straight years that basically you're saying he's deserving the hall of fame you just right. haven't found a way to put him in yet and a good point for that is there are only he's been a hall of famer finals for seven straight years there's only 14 other people who've had that that have been seven consecutive years as a finalist. Some have gotten in earlier and some didn't get in. 13 of the 14 before John that had seven consecutive years as a finalist made it in. So wow. generally, if you're being if you're being considered as a finalist every single year, these people think you're worthy of the Hall of Fame. It's just you can only do five a year, and every year somebody else has gotten in. So hopefully this is the year. It's it looks like a possibility, you know, sometimes when you only get five, and last year there were three guys who were just surefire first ballot guys, Ed Reed and Tony Gonzalez and I think Champ Bailey. This year, Troy Polamalu maybe, but it just seems like there's an opportunity to get some guys in. There's a couple receivers like Isaac Bruce. There's a couple offensive linemen that have been waiting a while like Alan Fanica, but this could be the time. So, And maybe they have a sense of drama. Maybe. I was going to say, and I mean, if you're if you're the league, and, and, and it is sort of subjective still, if you have these people in there that are voting, they're human, they can't yeah. help but, you know, they can't completely distance themselves from emotions. And you have to imagine that them looking at him getting to do this and right? the Super Bowl, that that has to make them I would hope want so. to put him it's in. It's like, come on, let's do it this that's year. Just, yeah, like that's such a good storyline. How do you <laughs> no. not do that? If you already know he's he's a Hall of Famer, just do it this yeah. year. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope that this is the this year. Is okay, the year. Uh, Tyson asked if Shaq Barrett is a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, there's not. they don't really do finalists. What it is, I think there's 50 voters maybe in the AP, and they just everybody votes for one. And... Um, or, or I don't no no I think everybody turns in a ballot but first place votes I can't remember exactly I shouldn't have gone down that road I yeah. can't remember exactly how the voting goes but it's something like 50 people voting and it's not like they are choosing from a list of finalists they can put whoever they want that I think what the question is is he a good candidate and of course he's a good candidate uh, most of the lists if you Google that um, you I think I think I see most lists don't choose him they'll choose Stefan Gilmore mm. most likely uh, I know Pro Football Talk did choose Shaq as their defensive player of the year and obviously the big thing for him is he led the league with 19 and a half sacks right yeah that's and, kind of a big stat yeah and he uh 
he also tied for league leading quarterback hits with 37. Uh, a lot, three of the last seven guys to lead the league in sacks have been the defensive player of the year. Of course, that was J.J. Watt twice, and you know J.J. Watt is pretty amazing. Uh, it, it's not a given though that the guy that leads the league in sacks wins it. Uh, if he had gotten to 20, he'd practically be a shoe-in. There's only been 13 guys that have ever, or 13 seasons of 20 or more sacks since it became official in 1982. And, like, I think, I don't know, there have been 12, I think. Six of those people have won Defensive Player of the Year, and almost everybody else has either come in second or third. So I would say from what Shaq has done, he's probably a top three candidate. Okay, We I can hope that's... he gets the votes. I don't see a lot of... Hope for that in the list you see online. Right, yeah. But we, of course, are not biased, biased at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we had a question from Ronnie who said, what is the likelihood that the defense stays intact? Likelihood, likelihood. Uh, completely intact, virtually no likelihood of that, but I would say that every single year because there's change in your starting roster almost every single year. Uh, it's hard to avoid. This one, it's just hard to imagine that we are able to re-sign all of those guys. Shaq, right. JPP, Indomitian Sue, Carl Nassib, even guys like Bo Allen and Raheem Nunez-Roches are free agents. Actually, Andrew Adams was basically one of your two starting safeties last year, and he's a free agent. There's just so many guys that you have to get back that I have a hard time believing we'd be able to get them all back. That's a good point, yeah, unfortunately, because I know they'd love to have everybody back. Right. Um, Ed asked if Justin Evans and Kendall Beckwith are still on the roster. Well, Justin Evans is, and he was on injured reserve uh, – when the season ended, and that means he basically reverts. You come off that list at some point, I think when the new league year begins, and you revert back to the um, active roster, presuming you're still under contract, which he is. So, yes, Justin Evans is, is on the roster. Kendall Beckwith is still on the list that he was put on last spring, which was the reserve non-football injury list, you know, because he got hurt in a car accident. Um he has not played now in two seasons, and he's been basically on NFI that entire time because of that very unfortunate accident. Poor guy. I mean, he looked like he had a very promising career. Yeah. Um, he, the next thing that will have, have to happen with him is when the new league starts and then the team, he would, I think at that point he would revert to the active roster. I think everybody that's on a reserve list starts the new year on the 90-man roster, and then he would count against the 90-man roster. So if he has a chance of coming back, that's one thing. But if he doesn't, and I don't really know that, and I don't want to speculate. Right. Um, if he doesn't, then you're talking about using a spot on the 90-man roster for a player that's not going to play. Right. And so some kind of maneuver would have to be made then. And, again, one of the important points I want to say here is I don't know right. if he's yes. come, got more of a career left, and I don't want to speculate on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, um, all right, so we had Nick asked, who is the Bucks rookie of the year in your opinion? All right, let's see. Devin White, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Mike Matt Edwards, Mac Edwards, Matt Gay. That's Matt Gay. one of those, right? And Scotty Miller. And Scotty Miller. Those well, are... I don't think Mike or Scotty played yep. enough to hang with the others. You know, in the time period that he played, Jamel Dean might have been the most impressive guy, but he really didn't play on defense until right. the second half of the season. So I think it comes down to Devin White and Sean Murphy Bunting and, you know, flip a coin on that. Um, they both had very nice seasons. If you look at their stats, they, they both would have arguments. But the way Devin White was playing down the stretch, um, I think I'd probably go with him. Okay. Which is a real a real stretch here to pick the guy we picked fifth overall as our best rookie, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's Takes really – Takes this, you know – You're a risk taker This today, kind of knowledge, you? you know, it doesn't just fall off trees. Um, okay, so I'm now going to take approximately 1,000 of these questions and combine them <laughs> into 
Jameis. Jameis. I think you did that last I think week. It's, too. Yep, exactly. And I think I'm going to do it every <laughs> and week I think I'm until say an the announcement is made. Right? Yep. So we okay, have I'll, a thousand different potential questions about him. I get these two for mailbags, and it's like, when are we going to know something about the quarterback? Yes. That's basically what it boils down to, right? Yes. When are we going to know something? Everybody wants I want to know. Yeah, we, everybody wants it, to it, know. It plays into so much. Like, okay, whether or not Jameis is going to be back, then if, if you know that, then you you, there's the speculation on other quarterbacks, right? Like Philip Rivers, that, that speculation has been going around a lot. And what are we going to do with the salary cap? And, you know, are we going to use a franchise tag on him or on Shaq Barrett? There's so many things that go into that that we all want to know right now. But I'm just going to tell you, this is a really complicated situation, A. And, B, these things don't usually happen until very close to the deadline. I, I think I said this last week, but I went back and looked through, like, the last 10 years of transactions. And you always have some guys – you're trying to resign. Like last mm-hmm. year, Donovan Smith was the big one. Right. And that one actually happened nine days before free agency. And that was kind of an outlier because they usually happen like two days Even before closer. free agency. Right. And free agency this year starts on March 18th. So that's still a pretty pretty far away, unfortunately. There is one other deadline that could tell us a lot, and that is March 10th, which is the end of a two-week period in which you can choose to use your franchise or transition tags. And whether or not Assuming that he doesn't have that, James Winston doesn't have a new deal with the Bucks by then. Whether or not he gets a franchise tag is going to tell us an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he gets one, then that, that's a very clear sign the Bucks want to bring him back for at least 2020. If he and and, and him getting the tag would not also preclude a long-term deal. Right. If he does, if the Ducks, if the Bucks don't use, I just said Ducks. If the Bucks <laughs> don't use a franchise or transition tag on Jameis, then that they are clearly making it possible that he will leave because mm-hmm. if once you don't do that now with the balls in his court because he's going to become a free agent on March 18th and if he wants to sign with somebody else there's nothing the team can do about right. it right so it's really going to say a lot by March 10th whether there's a tag or not so okay. I know we're going to get asked every week and I completely understand yes and there's going to be speculation but we're really not going to know anything for at least a month okay uh Tyson asked who was team MVP this year I think uh, we talked about this on the – Casey came on to the podcast with Jeff and I on our last Salty Dogs, and we kind of did a year in review, and we answered a lot of these questions or our, our opinions thereof. And I think most of us – did all three of us agree on Chris Godwin? Yeah, which was kind of interesting. I, like, I feel like if you'd asked us before the season – Oh, it wouldn't have been Chris. It wouldn't have been Chris. And we thought, all loved yeah. him, but we didn't think he was going to be yeah, the team But, yeah, we all MVP. thought that he was the team MVP. And I, then I, I feel like Shaq, though, was also our – we talked – we debated between the two. Yeah, the yeah Shaq, obviously – Duh. Yeah. Um, but then we also had a little sleeper one we threw in there, I think, Levante David, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I Which, think he didn't get nearly enough credit. He never does. Never does. We, I, we, he had a fantastic season. We talked about him in terms of his leadership as well. That, that When we talk too, about yeah. team MVP, we kind of talked about it not just in stats or what they directly did on the field, but sort of an overall impact. And then Levante Can you imagine next it. year if Devin White hits the ground running and doesn't have an injury that delayed him? what those two are going to be like. It's going to be I incredible. Mean, that's, that could be the best linebacker duo in the league. Uh, this is an interesting question. Joe said, what are both of your thoughts on the league going to 17-game regular season, pros and cons? You want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I mean, I, I feel like anytime you love a sport, you want to see more of it, but I think that um, the players have made it pretty clear that they, they seem to think that, you know, any – more games, you have a higher chance of injury. And when we've been making all these rules to make the game safer, you know, that especially towards the end of the season, you start seeing even more injuries as the season's gone on longer and longer. So um, it just stands to reason there'd be a lot more injuries with that last game. And I don't know necessarily what one more game adds, you know, that what what's really going to be all that different. But 
for us last year that there was there started to be times well maybe you know we started really turning things around and if you'd had another game that as teams who get hot later in the season probably would have liked that so you can see like I understand the side but I I would probably say I I think it would be fine to just stick with 16 and not risk all the injury for potentially not a lot of game what she said that there you go no I mean really when you started that and you said when you love the sport you said you want to see more of it I thought you were going to say this is the way I feel about the sports that I love I'm resistant to changing the tradition Mm -hmm. and I know it wasn't always 16 games. It was 14 games until 1978. But 16 is just – that feels like the right number to me. 17 is weird. I also like – I don't like – The odd number. Odd numbers. You know, baseball is 162 games. I guess I guess basketball is an odd number. Now that I think about it, isn't it 81 or is it 82? 82. Okay, never mind. Then it's, yep. It should be an even number. Yep. And to, to add on to your point about player safety – they you, they usually say the 17 games are going to come with a shorter preseason. Like, okay, so you'll end up losing a preseason game or two, so it won't be any more games. But that's kind of a specious argument because the the veterans don't play a lot in those mm-hmm. preseason games, and they are playing less and less every year. So right. it's not a it's not a straight trade off. So what I'm I'm hoping this is is a negotiating tactic. Yeah. That at the end you give up. Okay, okay, all right, we won't do the 17 games, but you got to give us this. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, Nick asked, uh, do you think that we will trade up or down in the draft at all? Um, I would think there's always a good shot of us trading. Actually, both. I would say in the first round, there's always a good shot of us trading down. I think if you look back through Jason Light's drafts, you'll see a lot of uh, very good deals that he makes. In the first round, he's more likely to trade down a little bit and create some new draft picks. Did that in the Vita Vea year, mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, and then in the, in the later rounds – he has not been afraid to make a small trade up to make sure that he doesn't miss on a guy that they really are targeting like Ali Marpet a couple right. of years ago. Um, so if you, you're you in the third round and you make a small trade up in the bottom of the second round, things like that. He, he's been never been afraid to do that, and I think he I don't think he's ever made a trade up in the first round, but he's made some trades down. And sitting at 14, the only reason I see that you trade up is if you're trading up far – because you want to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm still betting against that. So to me, a trade down is much more likely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, for all of your questions. We're going to be doing this every Wednesday, every week, leading up to free agency, to the draft. We're going to do the best we can to answer all of your questions, even though we won't always know a whole <laughs> lot before then. Jameis Winston, at least a month. At least a month. We're not going to know anything. But please keep coming back, keep asking, because we're always loving talking about it. So we'll see you next time.